everybody, it's time for Ghosts and Friend Dogs! Friend Dogs in the morning. In the morning! Live, 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 live. In four hour recording studio audience. Recording. Wake your ass up, it's the next in the morning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special Cox and Grendor. This is special. This is why is it special, Grendor? I'm curious why you think it's special. I think it's special because every year, every person has a day. Where they uh-huh. just know it's that feeling uh-huh. that you get. Yeah. And you just, you know. Have you forgotten what this episode's about? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. And? <laughs> Hold on, I got some cookie cocoa swirl butter. Uh-huh, that is not what this episode's about at all. I'm going to try it right now. Great. We're off to a fantastic start. Mm. Know what this it tastes is- like. Riveting is what this is. Yes, what does it taste like, Grendor? Cookie butter, but with a little bit of chocolate. Wow, that is <laughs> quality entertainment right there. I like no, it. No, Dum Dum, this episode, it's our Interstellar episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so spoiler alert. If you have not seen Interstellar yet, walk away. Go watch walk it away. or don't watch it, but this episode ain't for you. This is a special episode. We're going to be spoiling it like crazy. I feel like a lot I of people... Know I've seen it now, though. So I, think I want to know Crendor's amazing theories. I want to know everything he thought. But I also want to let him know some, some important things I think he spoiled for me right off the bat. But anyway. Okay. Starting right now. Starting right now. Spoilers on. If you continue to listen, you're listening at your own discretion. Yes. This is the Interstellar Cox Crendor podcast. All right. Let's do this thing. So. Uh, Crendor saw it first. He spoiled some. Well, he didn't spoil anything, but he hinted like halfway through the movie. Things gonna happen, and it's gonna change how you see the movie, yeah. and it's gonna it, right. And so, of course, when the movie started, I immediately knew what the twist was immediately because Crendor saying that. I was like, <laughs> "Son of a!" What did you know? It. You already knew the twist. Yes, I already knew it immediately when it first started happening. So let's set up the premise. Okay. So it's the future. Uh, the guy from Thirty Rock from the Sun is basically us in the future. Yeah. So he's like he's like when we would be old. Yeah. And so. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is our children, and then the girl and the son are our grandchildren, let's say. Yeah. And so, in this future, the world is, uh, there's obviously something horrible has happened. We don't know what, but as a result, there's a, a, a blight that's eating up all the crops, and there's all these different famines and diseases and shit. There's dust everywhere. It's like the dust bowl. It's like the 1930s in America. It's not it's going a mess. too well. It's a mess. And just to show you how crazy it is, they even give you a scene of, like, how his son, Matthew McConaughey wants his son to, like, become an engineer, do something good with his life, and yeah. go to college. And they're like, look, no, he he placed out of that. He's he's going to be a farmer. And he's, they're like, he's 15. It's like, it doesn't matter. He's going to be a farmer. Yes. And it's like, we don't need engineers. We need farmers. We need to keep ourselves alive. Anyway, the story starts getting interesting when his daughter starts to get weird messages from a ghost. Strange things where somehow she decides she's going to, like, interpret these messages. And at first she thinks it's, like, different codes. And then it turns out to be binary and all sorts of different things. And these, it's like books are getting pushed off a bookshelf and weird things are happening to her. Yeah. And so, of course, Matthew McConaughey is like, it's not a ghost. There's no such thing as ghosts. And he gives a whole speech that I didn't realize till later was very profound. About, he talks to his daughter about how, like, you know, parents are the... 
once the children are born, parents are their ghosts and live on in their memories, right? Yeah. Which is which is think about it, Crendor. Whoa. That line that line, man. I was like, what? So, um, yeah, anyway, all these things when they finally get like what the binary means and stuff, it's coordinates. And it takes them, of course, to the secret research facilities of NASA, which is, you know, NASA's had to go underground because the world wouldn't tolerate as people <laughs> die, the government will, you know, people would revolt if they knew that uh, money was still being spent on NASA. And NASA's Michael Caine runs NASA along with um uh, oh, what's her name? You know, the the super hot dark haired actress that I want to marry me. Uh oh, and Catwoman, Hath- you know, Catwoman. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, Anne Hathaway. So and she is uh his daughter, I believe, I think. Yeah, I don't she remember. is. And so they are all planning this mission into apparently at the apparently all these coincidences are happening. Apparently <laughs> they're very curious how they discovered them because these they, which they term as like extra dimensional beings, are working with them somehow. Like they opened a portal into like they opened a wormhole near Saturn. Yeah. They've done all these different things to help them and they're like clearly they have brought you to us. And Matthew McConaughey is like who the who the hell is these people? So, of course what happens then is uh he's informed that this is the last generation for humanity and that really what this means is that we have to do one last desperate mission. 10 years ago, 12 scientists were sent into space through this wormhole to find habitable planets and Three of them sent back messages that, hey, we found some stuff. And so they go, uh, they're going to send one last mission with the plan A or plan B to go and save the human race. Plan A is, they one of the three planets is good. They come back, they save the human race. End of story. Plan B is, they get there and on their ship is going to be a bunch of uh, embryos, uh, fertilized eggs, I think it is. And they're going to reseed the human population elsewhere and let Earth die. And that's plan B. But at least the species will continue. Yeah. And so Matthew McConaughey, who just happens to be like the best pilot there ever was, he's going to get uh, to fly this mission. And he's like, it's fate, man. You were brought to us. but They brought you to us. And so the plot from there is Anne Hathaway and uh, nameless skinny dude and nameless black dude who are with them, <laughs> who are obviously <laughs> red shirts. Uh, and two robots, well, one robot, uh, TARS, goes with them. And uh, when they get aboard the space station to launch and to save the world, uh, they meet Cars as well. And so Tars and Cars are their two friends. Tars is my favorite. And Tars is like a wisecracking robot who's like comedy settings at 90% or something wacky like that. And he's always like, he's like going to go see the future planet for my human servants, you know, something (laughs) like that. Yeah. And then Cars is like, yeah, okay, sure. Whatever. Whatever. I'll do it. (laughs) But I I, I love those robots. I thought they were great. Um, Yeah. So they go off uh, into this thing, and, and before he leaves, he goes to his son, and his son's cool with him going off to save the world. His son's very independent. He doesn't. He's like, you know what? I got it. Uh, his daughter, though, doesn't want to see him. She hates him for leaving, and he gives her a watch, and he says, my watch is time to your watch, and I'll be you know, going like near a black hole, so when I come back, my watch will be different from yours. And he's like, who knows? When I get back, maybe you'll be my age, right? Yeah. And, and she like freaks out at him, because that's an awful thing to tell a kid. <laughs> I know. And she loses her shit. And so he goes off in, into this mission and goes through the wormhole. And it's really trippy and cool and, and great. And so the first thing they do when they arrive is they discover that there are the three planets that are there. One is very, very close. 
But the problem with the one that's very, very close is that is very close to a black hole. And if they land on the planet, the time dilation there will make it so every hour on the planet is roughly like 10 years, something wacky like that. Like seven that. years. Yeah, like back on Earth. And so they devise this plan to go to the far side of the planet to reduce the time dilation between the guy who's going to stay on the ship and the three who are going to go down. So he can put himself in stasis and wake up when they come back, right? And so they can do this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And their plan is to make it very, very quick, get down quick, get back, see if, it, see if it's habitable, and get out of there. Because Matthew McConaughey doesn't want to get, you know, doesn't want time to pass because back on Earth, time will still be normal. But for them, it'll be, like, really slowed down. Yeah. And so they don't want that to happen. But there's two other planets, and they debate whether they should go there or not. And one planet has the guy who uh, Anne Hathaway loves – as it's revealed later in the movie. She loves she she loved him and she wants to go to that planet to make sure he's okay, but it's the furthest one. And then the um second furthest one, it, it would take a lot of time and burn a lot of fuel, so they just decide, you know what, screw it, we're here, let's go to this one. So they go to this planet, which I will admit is very, very cool. It's a very cool, like it's a water planet, but the water's only up to maybe like their ankles. Well, do you talk about the scientists that like went to these planets before? Oh, um, the, yeah, there were twelve. I, I mentioned it, there were twelve scientists who went off to these planets, and they, each one went to twelve different planets by themselves in a little capsule thing. And they were going to have a base there. And what was going to happen? The, the The idea was they would sacrifice themselves for humanity. And uh, the ones that found good places would send back a thumbs up, and we'd send people to go inspect the colony. And then ones that didn't would send back a negative that it wasn't habitable, and they would just die there. Right? They yeah. would give up their lives and be like, "Nope, you can't come to this planet." And so only three came back as habitable. And so this first one they went to is a water planet. When they land, it's very cool. And it's, you know, this little tiny bit of water on the ground. And uh, they find the the shuttle, uh, but it's completely destroyed and wrecked. It's a mess. And that's when they notice that the giant mountains in the background are actually waves coming at them. And so when they notice that one's that one's moving away, they turn around, and of course, because none of them know this, there's a giant <laughs> fucking wave like right above them, about to hit them. And so Anne Hathaway like really screws up, and and because she's trying to get this information and see if it's like worthwhile, and uh, and so Tars like runs out like a fucking like robo dog. It's basically the robots in this are like slates; they can transform into anything. It's awesome. And yeah. so he picks her up and saves her, but of course, red shirt guy dies. <laughs> uh, he's, he's literally right by the door, but he's like so busy watching this giant wave, he gets killed by it. And then Tars so is just like, "I will protect you, humans." Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Sorry, Anne Hathaway." So <laughs> he closes. They close the thing. They save Anne Hathaway. They close the thing, but because they get hit by the wave, it knocks out the engines, and so it's going to take an hour for it to flush out the engines. And so basically, that is. Something like 20 years, something insane like that back on Earth. So he loses two or three decades with his kids because of this one mess up, which I thought was, I thought that was really cool. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. thought that was very cool. And so another wave's coming. They, they have this talk where she just is losing her shit. And she's like, I'm sorry, I screwed up and I messed up. And he's yelling at her. And so they um, finally get back in the ship. And they, they manage to make it out of there before another wave hits them. They get back to the space station. They find that the guy who was up there, the black dude who was up there, has now aged, like, I don't even know how many years. He, yeah. he put himself into sleep, but he's like, you've been gone for years he's and years like and years. He's aged, like, 20-something years. He's been on that space station by himself forever. And so he looks, like, frazzled as shit. But he had cars there to keep him company. But he's just a mess. And so... um. They basically discuss, like, what they can do, and the option is go to this planet that's really close to them, 
or go to this planet that's very far away. And Anne Hathaway wants to go to the faraway planet because she wants to see the man she loves and make sure he's all right. And Matthew McConaughey's like, basically, even though he does it very nicely, he's like, fuck you, you ruined my life with my kids. Because when he gets back, he sees the transmissions they've been sending. Because yeah. they've been gone so long, they haven't been able to send transmissions back. But he's they've still been getting transmissions. And his daughter doesn't want to talk to him. But you find out that his son has been like, his son had a kid. His son had a kid who then died, right? Like, the kid who died by the name was Jesse, which was really funny because I'm in the theater with my mom. And she's like poking me. She's like, the baby's name is Jesse. And then it's like, Jesse died. I'm like, no. <laughs> and so, like, like, and then they have another kid. And so, like, the son keeps aging. And so now he's, like, in his 30s. And the son's basically like, I don't think you're alive anymore. He's like, I'm going to say goodbye, Dad. And he's like, I, I'm, I, you know, I, wherever you're at, you know, I hope you have peace. And Matthew McConaughey's, like, crying and stuff. And then for the first time ever, his daughter comes on. And his daughter's basically like, F you, you asshole. Like, you told me when you got back that you would be my age. Well, guess what? I'm your age now That when yeah. you left. And, like, F you. And she's furious with him. And then it cuts back to Earth, and you learn that she has been working with Michael Caine, who took her in, as you learn earlier in the movie, took her in to become a scientist and work at, at NASA. Because here's the, 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 the thing I missed earlier. Um, plan A and Plan B, right? The Plan B was to, to seed another colony off-world and let Earth die. But Plan A is come back to Earth, and then they get everyone off in this giant space vehicle that they're going to build. Yeah. The problem is they haven't figured out gravity yet and like how to... like work repulsors and shit. And so Michael Caine's big life goal is to figure out gravity. He's, he makes a promise. He's like, by the time you get back, I will have figured this out. Yeah. So he hires her to come work for him. And so she and, strangely enough, Topher Grace are in this. And and she she and that 70s show guy are like his two friends. Yeah. And, and they are trying to solve this equation. And so you see that like back and forth and, and how they're working together to figure it out. And she is, you know just trying her hardest to do it all. And the relationship with her brother, her brother's become like a scuzzball because he like just doesn't care and he's trying to keep his crops alive. And he like, his family's sick and it, I don't know if it's implying that he beats his family, but I feel like it was implying that. <laughs> Maybe. Like, I feel like it was implying that. And so what happens then is then goes back <coughs> to the other side of the, the universe, this galaxy, and they have decided they're going to go and go to this close planet. So when they land, and what may be the best reveal, this is my favorite part of the movie, I'm going to be honest, was this planet is, like, the clouds are so thick and cold that they're like jagged ice crystals above you. And then below you is, like, jagged ice mountains. So it looks like you're going between two different worlds. If you ever saw the trailer, right? It looks yeah. like that. And so they fly through. They land, and they get the thumbs up signal, and they see that the colony's still intact, and they walk in, and they open up the, the stasis chamber, and of course, it's Matt Damon, which is, that might have been my favorite part of the movie. I was like, what? <laughs> and so, he tells them that, you know, thanks so much, this was, you know, I, I'm so happy to say, I haven't seen a human face forever, he's like, pray you never know what it's like to see it, you know, not to see a human face or whatever. And so, he tells them that he's found this amazing world, and that there's great stuff down below, and the temperature is just right. They're up in the mountains now, but like down at, the, at sea level, it's great. And he can't wait to show them all. And so they start bringing down all the colony stuff. Meanwhile, back up in the space station, uh, or back on Earth, Michael Caine's character dies. And he tells, because so much time has already passed, right? Yeah. Michael Caine's character tells the daughter that she, uh, basically, 
gravity was a lie. Like this search for gravity was all a lie. Yeah. And that he was doing it as sort of like a last best hope, but it was more to keep hope alive for people on earth so that no one knew, right? If everyone was focused on saving themselves, they would do it. But if they were focused on saving the species, they wouldn't. Right? Like, he, that was the big lie he yeah. was telling everyone. Like, people would be in, invested in saving themselves, but no one would give a shit if it was, like, to save people that didn't even exist yet. Yeah. And so, that's, there was no plan A. Plan was, A was a lie, and plan B was the, the big secret. And so, that gets beamed to, uh, their ship what's his face? To their ship, and then Tars and Cars teleport it down to the thing, whatever the fuck that is, the, uh, uh, the, like, habitat thing. Yeah, the planet. And that's that's beamed to Anne Hathaway and uh, the rest of the crew. And Anne Hathaway is like, I promise you I did not know. I did not know this was real. And Matthew McConaughey is like furious. And then, uh, uh, oh my God, my brain just died. Not not Ben Affleck, the other one. Matt Damon. Matt Damon, thank <laughs> Matt you. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon's like, I knew, right? And so yeah. that's like the big twist after this movie. But there's a bigger twist, but that's like the big like halfway twist. Yeah. And so... What happens then, uh, This the last, like, hour and a half of this movie is all twists. Like, all, yeah. by the way, it's like a three-hour movie, so we're yeah. about halfway through. <laughs> the last half of this movie is, like, all twists. And this, I think, is where Crendor lost his mind. Yeah. I happen to love it, but whatever. I thought it was great. <laughs> so, what happens, so, whew, how do I even describe this? So, what happens then from that point is you learn that, like, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, uh, 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 Matt Damon, and fucking Ben Affleck, he's not even in this <laughs> Matt Damon and Matthew McConaughey go out for a walk because they're going to go down and see the sea level. And um, Matt Damon's robot is all, like, ripped apart. And he tells the lie that it was, like, started to erode, and so he scrapped it for parts. But you discover as they're walking that Matt Damon really was just, uh, he lost his mind, basically. Like, when he landed on the planet and realized it was all ice and all inhabitable, he didn't want to die there. So he sent back a thumbs-up signal in the hopes that he'd be rescued one day. And yeah. it was all a lie. Like, he's just a big coward. And he's like, I'm really, really sorry. Like, and so he tries to kill Matthew McConaughey. And he, like, cracks his helmet and stuff. And then he, he sets it so that his, like, I don't even know how it happens. But his robot is set to, like, explode. And it blows up the black dude. And Tars barely makes it out alive. Or maybe it was Cars. One of the two. Barely makes it out uh, For a robot. Barely makes it out alive. Yeah. And uh, Matt Damon steals their, one of their, uh ships one of their little landing craft and goes back up to the to the ship and he's gonna get out of there he's gonna go back to earth and get the fuck out of there and so uh Anne Hathaway goes and barely just in time saves Matthew McConaughey from suffocating to death and the two of them go after Matt Damon and they're like don't you do it Matt Damon turns off the the switch and Tars is like yeah no I, I turned off the auto connector so he can't even connect to the to the ship and they're like well he's gonna try it anyway and so of course what happens is he tries to connect and he opens the airlock and literally just and like one of those jump moments yeah gets everyone there was like oh shit because it comes out of nowhere because it's him trying repeatedly to to connect to the ship and it doesn't work and then he's about to give like one of those evil villain speeches and just as he starts he gets sucked out the fucking airlock it's like it's weird because it's in space and it's really quiet too so it's all silent and it's just like and so then um the main ship starts spinning wildly out of control, and so they start to spin with it. It's a really tense scene where they're, like, trying to connect to the ship while it's spinning, and they're spinning. And Tars and Cars and everyone is working together to try to get this thing hooked up. And they finally manage to get it hooked. And just then, um, they, they, they manage to slow it down. And they get up in the ship, and they realize that the egg embryos are fine, but they don't have enough fuel to either, like, like 
The best they can do is get halfway to the other planet, but they can't get home either. So they're, they're screwed. The only thing that they can do is a theory that they had earlier, which was maybe the black dude wanted to go explore the black hole yeah. and learn about gravity. And so Matthew McConaughey is basically like, okay, we fucked Earth. We fucked ourselves. There's nothing we can do. Maybe we can go to the black hole, get information, send it back through to Earth about you know the gravitational stuff, and they can use that to save themselves. And Anne Hathaway is like, yeah, sure, cool. And, and the plan is they're going to send TARS into the black hole to transmit the information back. And then Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey are going to blast off to the other planet using the gravitational force of the black hole to slingshot them to this other planet. And they're going to seed life there. Like, that's their plan. Yeah. Meanwhile, back on Earth. Oh, my God. So much is happening. Meanwhile, <laughs> back on Earth, uh, the sister and Topher Grace are trying to, like, get the brother's family checked up because they're all sick, right, from this dust and all these different diseases. And he's like, you have to leave now. Your kids are not doing well. And so the brother won't give in. And so the brother, like Topher Grace and the daughter go and burn down like some of the brother's last remaining corn crops. Cause at this point, corn is the only thing that's left to harvest on earth. Yeah. Right. And so they're burning down some of the crop. And so he runs out there to stop it. And so they try to get the, the wife and the son onto uh, into their car and get the hell out of there. They're like, we got to get out. We got to get out of here. This is great. And so, Meanwhile, the daughter ends up in her old room where all this began, and she sees the watch, and she starts having flashbacks and stuff, and so she's in that room at this moment, and it's like this huge epic, you know, that it's all ending, and so it goes back to the other side of the galaxy. By the way, if you're still with us, God bless you. <laughs> it goes back to the other side of the galaxy, and um, at that point, he they're, they're, they're going towards the black hole, it's really cool, very visual, and uh, probably awful for a podcast. And they're going towards the black hole, and they uh, jettison TARS and his little spacecraft so they can get some some propulsion. And then, of course, Matthew McConaughey uh, sacrifices himself to save Anne Hathaway, who will then blast off to this other planet and seed the future. And so TARS, so Cars and Anne Hathaway shoot off in the distance. She's like, no, don't do it. And he and uh, Matthew McConaughey and, and TARS go into the black hole. And then you get this trippy-ass scene where he's like, in a black hole and light like fades. And then all of a sudden there's like shit hitting his thing. And at this point it goes pretty much 2001 space odyssey where his ship just explodes. Like, no, he's ejects. He ejects. That's right. Yeah. He ejects and he's in a black hole and suddenly like he starts hitting shit. And then he finds himself in between time in a construct of the fifth dimension created by they, whoever they are. And he is in like in between time, but looking at that room that his daughter's in, in every moment of every time. Yeah. And so to simplify what happens over the next 20 minutes, which is very simplified, <laughs> he, he communicates with Tars and Tars tells him he has the gravitational readings and that he can help like by, by, cause he notices by banging on the timelines, he can change things in that world. And you discover of course that Matthew McConaughey is in fact the ghost from earlier in the movie. And that he has been communicating with his daughter. And everything he's doing is setting up her. What It, it turns yeah. out that Matthew McConaughey is not the hero of the movie. That his daughter is. She's the one who's going to save mankind. And so she's, so he starts like banging on stuff. And, and, and he changes the clock to make it so the clock ticks in Morse code. The, the gravitational equation. And all this different shit. And he realizes like. Uh, he says something. He says they are us. I guess he's talking about like future humans. Mm -hmm. He's like they, don't you get it there. And they want us to like live. And so. Tars and him save like like she gets the information because she's in the room at the time and so she's like I got it and so she runs to her brother and like 
She's like, I'm sorry, I burned down your fucking field. Like, I got it, though. And they run, and they, they save mankind. And then uh, the construct that he's in starts to crumble, and Matthew McConaughey, like, fades to white, and poof, he's gone. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, Matthew McConaughey is floating in a spacesuit outside the rings of Saturn, and, like, some ships find him. And it's, I don't even know, 70 years in the future, something like that. And there's a space base around Saturn and a bunch of crazy shit. And humanity has clearly survived. And everything's named after his daughter. His daughter's very famous. And they take him to her. And she is old and on her deathbed. And she's been waiting, like, for all this to happen. And so she basically says, like, you know, no fathers to watch their child die. Like, I have, I have my children. You know, you go do your thing. Go find her. And so he goes back out to find Anne Hathaway, who is wherever the hell she is. And it turns out when they show her that she's already established in a colony and it could be in the past. It could like, no one, I don't know when the fuck that is. <laughs> and that's sort of like how the movie ends. That's a very oversimplified version of the last 25 minutes of this movie, yeah. but that's pretty much how it ends. Yeah. I need to know. And that wasted 26 minutes of this podcast, <laughs> by the way, yes. look, it's a long ass movie. It's a long ass movie. So now that we have that out of the way, mm-hmm. Crendor, what was your problem with it? I had mil- multiple problems with it. First problem. The characters were bad. I remember Matthew McConaughey, Black Guy, Tars, Cars, and Murph because they force you to remember Murph. Here's the thing, though. I think that you remember a lot of the characters. But I, mean, I don't that's remember. That's most of the characters. I remember them because of their actors, though. I don't remember them well, because of their, like, what is Anne Hathaway's character name? No, uh, here's, here's the thing. Oh, I don't know. She's Brand. She's she's Brand, whatever her her dad's name is. But yeah, no, uh, you're, you're abs- I think you're right. I think you're right on the money when it comes to the characters. Um, I think it's one of those things where it didn't matter what the characters were. Cause it was all about like it was supposed to be all about the daughter. Like that's like it was one of those visual movies. Yeah. Like everyone like 2001 Space Odyssey. Everyone remembers how. No one remembers what the humans' names were in that movie. That's- but everyone knows how. Like it's like. It's, uh, and everyone knows the trippy ending with Space Baby and all that shit. Like, everyone remembers that stuff. That's true. I think it's supposed to be along that line. But I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. The char- But here's the thing. The characters were still interesting, though. Like, the, the, the black dude who, like, aged a ton and, like, was really obsessed with science and, like, he yeah. couldn't, like, he was freaking out about how, like, there was a thin piece of metal between them and space and so Matthew McConaughey gave him the sound of Earth headphone things. Like, that was cool. Like, I like some the of the sound characters. Sound of Earth. Like, like the I think rain noises. I, I, yeah, I definitely think that Cars and Tars were the best. Like, they were the best characters in the movie. Yeah. Hands down. They were the best. I, I love the little girl actress. I thought she was fantastic. The one yeah, who played she was Young good. Murph. Yeah. But, and uh, Matt Damon. And Ma- Dude, Matt Damon stole the movie for me. <laughs> stole the movie. The dude came out of nowhere, and <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? And I was then, like, I knew I saw him from somewhere. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Matt Damon. Yeah, when he first pops up, I was like, who the hell is that? I was like, oh my god, it's Matt Damon. And the fact that it, the twist is he becomes the bad guy, I was like, yeah. thank god they have a villain in this movie. I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll give you half credit for that. All right, half credit. Here's the All other right. part. They spent way too long at the start of the movie setting up the fact that they're like in this place that's going to be shit out of luck in a little while. I think... I think I agree with you on that. The problem is, without them setting that up, the ending reveal of it being him the entire time would make no sense. Because if they had one scene at the beginning where it was like a ghost, you wouldn't think much of it. But because they kept having it happen over and over and over again, 
over a long period of time establishing Earth, like establishing these characters, it made you sort of put the pieces together later on rather than like it made the reveal more important. If it was just one time, it wouldn't have mattered. Or if it was just a bunch of clips of like ghost things over and over again, that would have been weird, right? Yeah. Like they, I, I think in order to pull off the ending, they had to make the beginning long enough so that you could believe the ending because the ending's very far fetched. Like the ending is next level bonkers. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I didn't think about that. Because, like, but then in a way, you're like extending the beginning of the movie just so you can emphasize that you're ending. Yeah. And I think that's what, I mean, that's what they had to do. Like, I think in writing, they probably had to do that because the ending is taking. The idea of, like, he can be anywhere at any time because he's in this black hole and he's in between time. Yeah. And so that they, they, whoever they are, created all the, like, basically the reveal in the black hole is that every moment in the movie that had any mystery, right? So, like, when Anne Hathaway reaches out and touches, like, this mysterious being, right? When they're traveling through the the wormhole, that's actually Matthew McConaughey. Like, everything that happened in this movie was Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) And so Matthew McConaughey is saying, like, they, whoever they are, is, like, like, I think in the movie he says they are us in the future. Yeah. The one problem I have with that is I could buy it being an alien or being uh, some god figure. I could buy any of that. But they being us comes into some time paradox shit because apparently follow me here Crendor this is what I was talking to my mom All about right. I was I couldn't my mom was trying to explain this to her and she like couldn't grasp it at first but now she gets it and she won't let it die she's like that didn't make any sense All right. <laughs> okay here we go if they is us right if they're mm-hmm. future fifth dimension versions of us so like many millennia out and we help them survive by doing all this why did they need to help us do it that's a paradox right because they're already in alive. order for the human race to survive to get to that point, we had to do all the shit that they did in the movie. But in order to do all the shit they did in the movie, the human race would have had to survive to get to that point. Yeah, that's what like I was it's thinking it, too. It doesn't like it's yeah. It's one of those awful movie paradoxes that you're like, none of this makes any sense. Yeah, because it's like we need you to save us, but then they're they're already saved by by yes. having them. And, and it just hit yeah. me. It just hit me. Unless, because they're outside of space-time, there are multiverses, and in this universe, we're having trouble, and they go to all universes to help. And so they're from another universe of humans that made it that far, and so they're helping all the different universes of humans. Um, uh, I mean, that's I feel, that's the only way that makes sense. Yeah, but I feel like it's the only way. they didn't think of that, though. I, I have a feeling that they didn't try to overcomplicate it once they got to the part where they were like, yeah, no, we're in the fifth dimension now. <laughs> like I was actually really hoping it was like aliens or something. Well, I think I mean it kind of has to be, but I like that they didn't show anything. But at the same time, like they never showed anything. Yeah. They just left it all under assumption. But um, I I the one thing I mean, did you have any other problems with it? Yeah, you can think of. All okay. right, go for it. So there's uh Anne Hathaway woman. So uh-huh. are you about to talk about her love speech? Her love speech. Her love speech. It's very cheesy. Well, I mean, it was it was very cheesy in that she was like, "Don't you see, love is it's it's beyond emotion." Like it because the whole premise behind love is that it's to form attachments, yeah, to further the species. But then she's like, "Why do we love people who are dead? That doesn't help us further the species, right?" And she's like, "Don't you see, man? It's beyond it's beyond just physicality. You know, it's like extra dimensional." And it's I guess it's sort of setting up the end so that he can love like because he loves his daughter so much. He's in the next 
to mention, but that doesn't make any. I completely ignored that part <laughs> and just assumed at the end, the, it, like the other they made it happen. I was like, Love didn't make that. That's stupid. <laughs> like that would ruin the movie for me if I assumed that. But it's like she says all this, and then she's like. I've just never stopped loving this guy on this planet. I need to go see him instead of doing the like scientifically ac- like better option. Like I didn't get why she would go with, like why wouldn't she just go with the scientifically better better option? But she's like it's because of love. But then her dad dies later, and they tell her, and she's just like, oh well. Like what? Well, I think like, the way they told her. Died. Unfortunately, I think the way they told her, which was like your dad lied to you, like his entire life was a lie. Like immediately, it's like your dad died. Oh by the way. Everything he told you was a lie. Like, I think maybe that that hardened, hardened that moment. But it was uh, I, it was a weird scene. Yeah. I think the justification of her saying, I want to go see this guy on this planet because I've always loved him, was because they had just come off that water world and they had lost 20-some years, 30-some years. That's true. And she was freaking out because she wanted to see if she'd ever see this guy again. Yeah. And she was afraid she wouldn't. And so, yeah, spoiler for the ending, you see her burying the guy. So he definitely died on that planet. But, of course, that planet, the the one that she found at the end, was habitable. And so it shows her bringing down all the pods and so supposedly starting life there. But, um, yeah, I don't I, – I don't, it was – I guess maybe she was just emotional, like, I want to go see this guy. Yeah. But it did come out of nowhere. And Matthew McConaughey shoots her down right away because he's like, Mike, you fucked me over with my kids. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. And so that, and then of course later on she's she has a little retribution because when they only have two planets left, or I'm sorry, when they only like like late, when they finally get back to the to the eggs and stuff, she's like, "Sorry, we got to go seed the eggs, dummy." <laughs> like yeah. you know. So they have a they have a little back and forth. But I thought it was the one thing I liked was the fact that they didn't try to make them a couple. Yeah. That's true. I think that worked really, really well in Gravity, which is a movie I love. Like, I love Gravity. That's a fantastic movie. Yeah, Gravity movie. was really good. I like Gravity. And um, I like that they didn't try to force a love story. It was just, like, two astronauts who were doing their job. Like, a love story would never blossom in that scenario, right? Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where every time there's an action movie or, or a drama movie where something horrible is happening, suddenly the two people fall in love. Like, no, no. Aliens are fucking attacking right now. You don't have time for love, right? Like, a mon- an insane killer is on the loose. You don't have time for love. Get the killer, right? I think I, I like I like that they – more and more movies are forgoing that. Like, they're just saying, screw it. We don't need that. I like that part. Yeah. All right. Uh... All right. What else you got? What else you got? I'm Look, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like this movie. There's a lot wrong with it, but I kind of like it. <laughs> well, that's kind of how I felt, like – I didn't, I wasn't like, oh my god, I love this movie so much. But like, I, I was like, it's good. Maybe uh-huh. I just expected. Alright, so what else did you hate? Maybe I just expected too much out of it. What did you, ex- well, here's the thing. I apparently love the way that Christopher Nolan does movies. And most people are starting to hate it, but I, I continue to love it. <laughs> and I don't know why. Like, I liked, I liked uh, Dark Knight Rises, whatever that movie was called. I liked that movie. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, it had everything that I wanted from a Batman movie. That was in that universe. Like, the universe he created clearly wasn't going to be the Batman that people wanted it to be by the time it was done, right? Like, it hit all the notes I wanted. When I saw Bane and they tried to make it like, like, even though I knew that Bane couldn't have been Ra's al Ghul's child, I for a brief moment believed. And then when they were like, oh, it's Talia, I was like, Talia al Ghul! And I had like a whole moment. It was like, 
I love that movie. People are like, Justin, that's an awful movie. I don't care what you say. I enjoyed it. Well, had a fight at the end. Dude got shot in the face. <laughs> I loved it. I actually uh, got really bored during that movie. See? See, that's what happens. But I like apparently. Their, uh, what's it called? Inception? No. Uh, Inception? Inception? Yeah, I like yeah. Inception. Inception's cool. Inception's a movie that, uh, I don't know. I like. I feel like he's got like crazy ideas and he goes for it. Like he doesn't do boring movies. Yeah. And some people might find them boring, but his concepts aren't boring. And I like that. I like that he, he sort of pushes the limits of stuff. And I'm like, you do you. You have fun, Nolan. <laughs> but uh, what else did you hate? Give it to me. Give it to me. Let's see. Uh, I just felt like the ending, how he goes back and meets his his daughter, and she's old and like, I would be with my kids, whatever. I didn't like that. I wouldn't have done it like that. I felt like them connecting with the watch was like, that was like the peak of their like father daughter bonding experience, and I would have liked to end it there. And Here's been the like, thing. we don't I, need I to agree meet with up you. physically again. I agree with you. I think the assumption was that most audience members would want to see them connect again because they made such a big deal out of them not being together yeah. and how they left on such bad terms. I would agree with you if I was gonna make the movie. The connection between the watch and her finally realizing that her dad was out there and still did love her and still did care for her and that he gave her the way to save humanity, I think that would be the, like, that's the pinnacle relationship moment. I agree with you. Yeah. I think the ending bit where it was uh, he, like, is in space, then you see humanity's been saved, and then you see his daughter, many things. One, they left out the son. Fuck the son, apparently. <laughs> no one cares about him. Yeah. His story and his kids, who cares about that? And then... Um, they have this other thing where it's like, now go find Anne Hathaway. So he steals a, like, fighter jet, <laughs> goes off into space to find Anne Hathaway. The question is, is that wormhole still there? How can he find Anne Hathaway? Where's Anne Hathaway? Like, there's so many millions of questions that aren't answered. <laughs> yeah. And then they flash to Anne Hathaway making her colony. Question the first. What year is it there? Question the second. Is she in the past, present, or future? Question the third. She's by herself on that colony with a robot making babies. How the frick did that work? Right? <laughs> like, there's all the, like, there's so many unanswered questions. And I feel like if they're going to have unanswered questions, you should just cut off when the daughter's like, I solved it. And she does that whole Eureka thing, right? Uh, yeah, Eureka! Throw the and, she, and, like, she, and she's like, yeah, and she's like, it's tradition. She kisses Topher Grace, and you can assume the two of them are going to have kids and stuff. Like, you know, they've fallen in love. Yeah, like, that was just cheesy. And, like, yeah, and it's like that. You could literally end that storyline right there and then go back to the dad and have his thing, like, where he finally – uh, you know, understands everything was about the daughter and, you know, she's going to save the world and he's so proud of her and he's, like, he did it. And then when all the the bookcase and stuff start collapsing in on themselves and the white light takes him over and stuff, like, that could have been a, like, boom, end of movie. Yeah. End of movie. You could end it right there. You could have left. What happened to Anne Hathaway? Boom, no one knows. That's that's out in the ether. What happened to the daughter in humanity? Boom, that's out in the ether. It's the exact same questions. Exactly. You assume humanity was saved. You assume Anne Hathaway is doing whatever the fuck Anne Hathaway is doing. At least they could have left it open. Maybe Anne Hathaway found the guy alive. Maybe she's living on a planet with this dude. And they have, like, there's so many. That could have been the last 10 minutes of that movie cut out. I'm just saying. Yeah, I thought that too. I agree with you on that. I agree. Yeah. I think I think the very end was flawed. You got me, Crendor. I agree with you. Good. I got, I got something. I got, like, a point and a half then. Maybe a point and, like, three-fourths. I'll give you that. Yeah. So what uh, else did you have? I was trying to think. 
I've read a lot of things that were like, why did they place the wormhole by Saturn? But I don't, I'm not science-minded enough to know that. Like, I don't know if they just, if that's a science thing, like, well, Saturn's auras are far superior for wormhole, or, like, if it's just, like, we're going to put it by Saturn for some reason. So I was like, why yeah. wouldn't they just put the wormhole, like, right by Earth? I, I agree. I don't, I was thinking about that when I was telling the story to you earlier. When I was recounting the story for everyone yeah. listening, I was thinking about that moment. I was like, that doesn't necessarily make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But... I don't know that it's a big movie point. It's just one of those. It's like me complaining about stormtroopers being in Star Wars. It it doesn't necessarily matter, but it's something that someone who cares about that shit would would care about. Because like, if you put it closer to Earth, you can easily get to that that system, and you don't waste fuel, and you're able to go there and then come back. Like, but it's a it's like a temporal anomaly. So you have to assume things would happen. Like if it got like if something happened. Right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. (laughs) I'm sure, yeah, you're right. We aren't science people, so we don't necessarily know the answer to this. But you have to assume there is an answer that makes sense. Like, if if Neil deGrasse Tyson and those dudes are like, I give it a thumbs up, you have to assume it's okay science, at least. Yeah, like, they are like, we accept this. And I think, I think that, for me at least, the coolest premise of the movie was the black hole science, which I I, I love that idea. Because... In most movies and shows, when they show a black hole, time slows down, which is something that everyone just sort of accepts. But no one really shows the fact that if time slows down at the black hole, for everyone else, time is fine. Yeah. So if you're stuck at a black hole, you're stuck there like like time is not passing at all. And everyone else, time is, is going normally. So if you get out of the black hole, like the cusp of the black hole. I mean, if you get sucked in it, you're fucked. But if you get out of like the, 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 the gravity vortex of the black hole, but when you get out, everything that you know has probably changed. I think there was one, was it a Star Trek episode? It was something where the, a crew of a ship, a spaceship was trapped in a black hole, like, like on the edge of a black hole. And they were sending out distress communications asking for help. But it was like a century old. And it was them dying in slow motion. Like, you couldn't help them, and they were just getting sucked into the black hole in slow motion. So for them, it was real time. But for everyone else, you were watching it, like, slow-mo as they died. Which I thought was a really cool concept. Yeah. And so there was just nothing anyone could do for these people. And they just slowly got sucked to, like into this black hole and killed. I was like, that's awesome. It's so weird. It's like, I was trying to think like that. Like, they're like, on this planet, it's going to be seven years on Earth for every hour. And I was like... That's an actual thing. And I was, like, mm-hmm. trying to, like, wrap my mind around it, how that can be a thing. And I was just like... Because time is relative. I think, like, that's the... Yeah. Time is relative, man. So it, it, that, that's why I think, like, everyone can say the science is at least sound and that it makes sense. It, we don't know that it's real, but it's scientific theory that makes sense. Like, no yeah. one's actually gone to a black hole. Like, all this is is theorems. Yeah. Right. Like no apparently, one if you were to stuff. go like to a black hole, the gravity would be so intense it would like crush you. Well, I mean, if you went too into a black hole, you'd be instantly killed. But no one knows. No one knows what happens because no one's gone into a black hole. Yeah. Right. But over time, people have changed what they thought a black hole was. Like many people before thought it would just crush you. Right. But now people are like, oh, you probably survive, but you'd be torn apart into like you wouldn't be crushed. Your particles would be ripped apart. Right. Like spaghetti. Or some people are like, some people are like. Like, a black hole, right? Yeah. Isn't necessarily a hole. Like, no one knows. Like, like there's a core to it. It's like a sphere. 
So it's not a black hole. It's like a sphere in, in space time or something. It, I, it's so hard to explain. But before, a lot of people, like my assumption as a kid was, all right, if a black hole is like a circle, right, What the? Sh- where does shit pop out in the back of it? Like if you get sucked into it, shouldn't it go somewhere? I don't know. And and I guess the the idea now is well it's you don't go any like it's all like a spherical like it's contained it's not a hole because it's third dimension. Look, I don't even, I don't even fucking know anymore. My head <laughs> I hurts. Can't I can't even know. think about time, let alone black holes. Yeah, but it's a, see, it's a movie that makes you think. I like that. I like yeah. that it's it's like a it's like a smart pop culture movie. I thought it was nice. And again, the best characters are the robots because they're really interesting. And it had really cool visuals. Yeah, I liked I liked. All the different planets. I my favorite one. I like the water planet, but I think the ice planet was the most beautiful. I like the way they they did that. Mm-hmm. I I like that uh, Earth only had corn, so like <laughs> everyone's eating popcorn and corn with all their different foods. I thought that was pretty great. I think I'd give it a eighty-five black hole black holes out of a hundred. I I agree with you. I'll I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. I'll agree with you. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we need if we I don't think we need to do a podcast about uh the Hunger Games movie cuz that was literally the first half of a movie <laughs> <laughs> where nothing happened. Yeah. It was the first half of a movie where nothing happened. It was like it was like Deathly Hallows Part 1 or any other Part 1 movie. It was all set up and nothing happened. It was like the second to last episode of a TV show. It's like, "All right, well next episode shit's going to go some down." intense but- parts, but those intense parts are leading up to the Next yeah, movie. something super intense, right? It's yeah, yeah, it's like it's all a build up. It's like, uh, come on. It, you know what? It, you know what it was? It was the episode right before season finale. Yeah, and you know shit's gonna go down that season finale, but they had to take an episode to build up, and it was like, eh, all right. So that's that. That's our movie review. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this movie, Crendor? Uh, I should go. People out there that like Disney stuff, go see Big Hero Six because I like that movie. Did you did you see they're making a uh, I'm gonna make a prediction right now. Did you see they're making a Frozen two? I did not. I'm going to predict. I'm gonna predict Whoa. this right now in front of all of you listening. Okay. The reviews will state something along the lines of "Does not capture the Disney magic of the first <laughs> Frozen two, a little thawed." Right? Things like that. <laughs> I imagine. I'm just gonna go on a limb and say Frozen two will not be as good as the first one. Frozen two has gotten frostbitten. Frozen 2 needs to stay out in the cold a bit longer. Look, I don't know. It's going to suck. Frozen 2 I don't care what you think. stayed frozen. Frozen 2 <laughs> will not do well. Why, it's, you might say? Because Disney sequels have never done well. Ever. Are there any Disney sequels that have done well? No, and most have ended up direct-to-DVD or video or VHS. Oh, man. I know. Uh, what was that one? The Hunchback? The Hunchback, yep. the second Awful. one, it was like not Awful. even, there wasn't even like effort put into it. It was just like Yep, it's all graphics. to capitalize on shit. Yeah, it's just to capitalize on kids who are excited about uh, the 12 million Lion King movies, the three Aladdin movies. Um, oh yeah, no. Toy all of them were not nearly good. as good as the first one. Toy Story 2 and those were pretty good. Uh, that's Pixar though. I don't oh, put yeah, that in the same Pixar. category. Yeah. Pixar's different. Pixar kills it but also pixar is people that make cars <laughs> so also true so there you go i mean that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah, i think you're right because like there's i mean there's a couple like 
sequels that are good, but the vast majority are like kind of like Monster Zinc University. Just like, yeah, that didn't do nearly as well as Monsters Inc. What happens when Mulan goes to frat house? That would be great, actually. <laughs> Mulan, she's a girl? What? <laughs> well, I'm going to make a man out of her. <laughs> <laughs> then Mulan slaps the frat house with a lawsuit. Okay, yep. Mulan, Mulan 2 took a very weird turn. The last half of that movie was all legal proceedings. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Very strange. Who'd have thought? She's Mulan. a samurai in life and the courtroom. <laughs> Mulan 2. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> all right. I think that's it. Thank <laughs> you guys for listening to this very long, drawn-out podcast about Interstellar. Yay. But uh, we promised it for a long time, and we finally did it. So that's Yay. we're done. We're done. Woo. We'll be back to our normal podcast uh, post-haste. And as always... To be continued.